back here. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, some of you guys I think probably already going to know him. He was here a few weeks ago on a Thursday. Shut the CD down. And um, he's, he's Mark said he didn't even sing that song. So. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to have Mr. Mark Zimmerman get up here. He's, a, I believe, a friend of Scotty's. I'll let him kind of go into that maybe or whatever they want to do from there. But um, I enjoyed getting to hear him a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday night. And those of you that haven't got to hear him yet, it's going to be a real blessing to get to hear Mark. So much for saying that, and I do like to brag. Uh, you'll hear me do it constantly, probably. That I, that I know Scotty and Gail, and we went to church with them. He was my—he was actually associate pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist when I finally got forced to go to church by my wife because I, I wasn't a church attender whatsoever. And I remember Sunday mornings, Hosey preaching, Scotty leading the uh, worship, and then Sunday night, Scotty preaching and Hosey leading the worship. What good times those were! But I want to say something before I start the message in that church growth experts, we just throw them out the window, don't we, Scotty? Because we know that God will build a house, and we know that. But um, they do say one thing that is true, that the church kind of takes on a personality traits of the, of the lead pastor. And I want to say this is a loving, gracious, kind-hearted church. And that's evident of your lead pastor and his blessed wife, Gail. So... Now, today I've titled the message. I've got to get everything situated here. But this is Cowboy Church. You don't all care. I mean, I'm getting roped over here. Lasso. You got your copy of God's Word. I want to invite you to find Luke in your Bible, Luke chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 1. Great section of Scripture. Perfect for this time of year, I would say. But it has a great message to it for us. The title of the message is The Interruption of Hope. The Interruption of Hope. The text, again, is Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Once you've found that, I want to invite you to look up here because I have something I'd like to say. I believe the pulpit is an is a important spot right here. This is a holy place. It's where God's Word is preached from. And so we want it to be preached from uh, in spirit and truth rightly dividing the Word of God, so I want to invite you to join me in prayer. Dearest Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word, how it does strengthen, comfort, and encourage our hearts. Thank you for Sac River Cowboy Church. Wow, what a church. Father, what I pray for now is that hearts have been prepared by you to receive your Word, your message, from the messenger that you've determined today to bring the message. Father, we love you and we thank you for your love towards us. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus. We thank you that you dwell in us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, the interruption of hope. What's that all about? You'll see it in the text when I read it. But I got to thinking about this, how we have hope or expectations. And I'm older now, and I did retire, but I'm finding myself being semi-retired because I've been doing a lot of preaching, and I'm glad to do that. But what Sandy and I can tell when the postal truck's coming down our street. Bless the United States Postal Service. That's a, that is a loud piece of junk, I'll tell you what. And uh, anyway, so I'm thinking the mail's here. Even though I know, for the most part, it's just going to be, the mailbox is going to be filled up with junk mail. And you have to tear it up in little shreds so you, somebody doesn't steal your identity. But for some reason, we are still compelled by the mail truck. And what's going to be in the mail? 
and those expectations. And I've noticed something this year. I don't know if you've noticed it. Maybe it's personal. I don't know. But I'm not getting as many Christmas cards as I used to. Is the, is the post office losing those cards? or? But there's one Christmas card I get. And I've been getting it for about 16 years now. And remember the title of the message, The Interruption of Hope. And I want to share something with you. When I was... I worked for the Springfield News Leader for 27 years as a pressman. Then I finally went into the ministry full-time. As I was full-time, I worked part-time at Ridgecrest Baptist Church to help supplement so I could have food on the table. And I was serving 16 hours a week, doing hospital visits for Pastor Hosey, and believe it or not, marital counseling. That didn't go too good, but I tried. So anyway, so I was doing hospital visits. Now, I personally don't like going to hospitals. And that, that doesn't fit with the pastor, does it? But I go, I'll tell you why I don't like it. Because my dad had cancer. And he died at the age of 44 years old in 1971. And it was a tough time, because I was just a 16-year-old kid. It was a tough time to go there and see your dad was a 200-pound strapping six-foot guy go to a 98-pounder. Couldn't even roll over in bed. That's hard. And I smell, that hospital had a smell to it. And I didn't want to go, even as a pastor. So I would sit out in the parking lot saying, Lord, make me a blessing. Lord, make me a blessing. That's, that, that compelled me. I knew that those people that were up there, because when you go to the hospital, time stops, man. You know, the clock stops. It, it's a crisis. So I went into that hospital room and knocked on the door and went in. There were just three people in there. There was a girl in the bed, the husband and the wife. The little girl looked just like... Anybody remember Shirley Temple? Only the old ones. She looked just like... I went home and telling Sandy about this beautiful little girl, but she was really, really sick. She had what, they, what I remember being having strep in the bloodstream, which is, it could be very deadly and dangerous. The, when I walked in the door, the, they recognized me, okay, because I'm kind of on semi-quasi-staff, if you would put that. And the, the mother, she was so glad to see me because I was interrupting their, their distress. With the, they knew, I'm coming with the, the Word of God and the hope of God, and I'm going to pray with them. And so the mother came running to me. But the husband, uh-uh, he turned his face away from me. And he was without hope at that moment. His beautiful, beautiful Shirley Temple daughter laying there, sick. By the way, i got to finish the end of the story so I don't forget. She did live because they started sending me a Christmas card every year. Every year I get a picture of little Shirley Temple. And, fi- and she started driving. And now she's going to college. All because of the interruption of hope. I have that card coming. God wants for us to be those people that will interrupt this world because I'm telling you something. If you have not looked around lately or just, you don't have to have TV to notice that we're living in a very self-centered, wicked world. Things that break my heart are when innocent children are shot and murdered. I'm not getting political. I'm just telling you that is horrible. There's an old proverb, I don't know, it's not Christian, but it says, wickedness comes from the wicked. There are a lot of wickedness. 
the fact of the matter is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life and God wants that none should perish but all come to repentance God loves everyone that was ever created that's going to be created and he wants to have a personal relationship with them and it's up to the church us we are called to our marching orders are to go into the world and interrupt it with the gospel of hope So I'm going to read this text, and I'm going to answer the question. Well, I'm just going to give you the how and the why do we become the interruption of hope. How do we do it, and why do we do it? It's very important. Take something from this today, because you might be a person. There's a a phrase, and I think it came from the cowboy way of life. And I love cowboy values, but there's a thing about, I don't know much about horses, but I'm going to learn about them. Made up my mind. It's called tethering a horse. Right? Has anybody ever heard of that? Tethering? You, and the horse had a certain amount of area to feed in. And it would crop that grass all the way down to nothing. But then also would have its droppings in that area. And pretty soon when all the grass is gone, the droppings are there. It ain't a nice place to be. And that horse has reached the end of its rope. A lot of us might find ourselves in that place. At the end of our rope. Well, we've tried everything. We can't even seem to get to that green grass or that hope over there. And we just find ourselves falling into a case of hopelessness, which can be subtle. Have you lost your passion? Have you lost your zeal? Have you lost your drive? Have you lost your fervor about God and Jesus and who He is and what He's done and what He's going to do? Maybe you're finding yourself at the end of the rope. But FDR said, Franklin Delano Roosevelt said something amazing. And I'm nervous, that's why I'm talking fast. I'm trying to slow down. Whoa, Nelly. He said, when you're at the end of your rope, Tie a knot on the end and hang on. My knot's Jesus. Now here we see the interruption of hope. And I want to invite you to join me in the reading of God's Word and the wonderful story that we have here. And here it is, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent... Now that's important, those two words there. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings! Now, hey, hello. Yeah, hello. That's what he said. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. That word, by the way, I want to share with you, that word greetings, in some of your Bibles, your translations might use the word rejoice. Also, it has a beautiful, uh, deep meaning. A lot of these words in the original language have an extensive meaning and paint word pictures. And this is grace to you. That's what it looks like. The angel, grace to you. Greetings, rejoice. All right, let me pick back up where I was. Uh, Tell them that uh, we'll take take some uh, cashew chicken with rice. Anyway, that wasn't funny. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So important to remember those words. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor. That word favor it could also be replaced with grace. Same word. You found grace with God. You Now watch the word will, how it's being reused here. 
You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. He will reign forever and ever. I had to do that. I, did, I wanted to do that so bad in the first two services. There's no time constraint here, so I'm just going to let her go. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. Oh, listen to this next verse, church. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, yeah, amen. I like this side of you. Do I look better on this side? Is that what it is? I don't know. But, hey, this always bothered me when pastors would say, no, another way to say that is, but I have to give that to you here. Verse 37. Another way to say this, for nothing is impossible with God, is that no word of God ever fails. Because if you look at the original language, that's in there. No word of God ever fails. And he had just told her all these wills, ten of them. You probably might go and recount them later if you want. Ten things. No word of God ever fails. Verse 38, very, very important. Please stay with me. We want to be the interruption of hope in a world of darkness and lostness. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let me ask you a question. Was Mary's life interrupted? Was Mary's life interrupted over here? Yeah. But it was interrupted with a message of hope. Something that jumps out at me on this section of Scripture and is so true, Gabriel was sent... By God. Could you imagine the, the scene in the throne room of the Almighty God? And he has Gabriel come here and he gives him all these instructions and sends him down there. And Gabriel does a good job, doesn't he? He does a good job. But did you know, dear one, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and asked for forgiveness of your sins and decided to follow Him, you're born again. All right? And something happens to you. You now have a calling. Jesus gave us a calling in Matthew chapter 28. Listen, my disciples, listen, my followers. Listen, everybody who believes in me. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you to the end of the age. But did you hear that first word? Go. That means intentionally go out into the world seeking to be an interruption of hope in the dark world. Seek it out. Go intentionally when you're standing in line at the store somewhere or you're in a family gathering. And I say, it's ridiculous to stop talking about faith at the Thanksgiving table or the, Christian, uh, the Christmas tree. Talk about Jesus and be the interruption of hope because you have been called by God to do that. You may not know it. I'm sure you do here. But some Christians don't know it. They don't know what to do. They don't know what their purpose is. The Apostle Paul was a great writer of the New Testament Scriptures, and he actually persecuted Christians for a while. Then, then his life got interrupted. 
It's called on the Damascus. Anyway, I don't know what I was talking about, why I went to that way. But in, He wrote the letter Second Corinthians. And in chapter 5, there's some beautiful sections of Scripture in that. One is, uh, what compels us is the love of God. Why am I even doing this? Why am I up here? Because of the love of God that he lavished on me, that I'd be called a child of God. Because of God's great love that he redeemed a poor lost sinner like me. Oh, the wonderful matchless grace of Jesus, reaching the most defiled, making me God's dear child. What grace that is. But in 2 Corinthians, he says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So we want to be intentional. Do you know Jesus? Come on, man. Come to Sack River Cowboy Church. Come on over in here, and you're going to learn about him. Invite people to, to Jesus. Invite them to know him. Be the interruption of hope. You are God sent can't escape it if you're a Christian. You are. You're compelled. And one thing about the why and the how I want to answer is you've got breaking news. You know, I watch the television. This really kind of aggravates me when they come on. It every, every night it's breaking news and they're trying to get me scared. Oh, it's breaking news. What channel do I watch? It's, oh. And if you don't get breaking news, you're saying, well, there's nothing going on today. We have breaking news, dear ones. As the angel Gabriel came and announced to Mary, you're highly favored. God loves you. God's graced you. And same with us. Why did he send his son? So we can receive the wonderful grace of God, his kindness, his compassion, his forgiveness, his, his, that reconciliation that brings newness. It's a wonderful thing. First Timothy 2.3, this is God's grace. This is the breaking news. God wants that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not just Americans. All people. God wants, Peter said, God wants that none perish but all come to repentance. You are the interruption of hope because you're God sent. Now there's something I want to, want you to point out to you as you go out and try to do this. Just by sharing your testimony or praying for somebody or with somebody. You know, you can do that. You can, if you overhear somebody talking and, uh, Hey, I just overheard you talking. Would you like me to pray for you? You know, somebody that has cancer or something like that. When I did hospital visits, I would always pray for the person in the other bed over there. They didn't know me. I still pray for them. But here's the truth that you, you want to remember this. The Word, God's Word, will sometimes trouble the mind before it changes the mind. Mary's mind was troubled. How can this be? Dear one, when you share your faith or you just try to come in there as the interruption of hope in a certain situation, it might trouble the mind of the person you're sharing with. They might be rude or uh, like me, like I was, not wanting to hear it. Don't want to hear that. Now, I, I sense a rabbit trail coming on, so I'm going to move along. You are God sent. But there's something else so beautiful in this. It's found in verse 38, and I love this section of Scripture. It speaks to Mary and what kind of person she was. If you look at verse 38, what we're looking at is that we, just like she, we are the Lord's servant. We don't serve self. We fight with them, constantly battling self-serving. Don't ask my wife, but I'm telling you, it's constant. Look, it's, it's... the control issues that we all deal with. And we're trying to, to tie our own knot on that rope, and we're not being successful. We still feel that we're just not in control. 
Nothing's working out. All my hopes and dreams aren't panning out. Life took a turn that I can't, I just don't understand it. But we have to determine who are we going to serve because I got something to tell you. Here. If you're a Christian and when you die and go to heaven, you know who you're going to be serving up there for eternity? Because the word serve all really means to worship too. To work for, to worship, to honor, to stand for. We serve the Lord. And that's how you're an interruption of hope in this world. Mary said, if you look at verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. She didn't say, I am a virgin. I am a Nazarite. I am a Jew. I'm of the house of David. No, she didn't say that. She said, I am the Lord's servant. We ought to say that. We ought to say that. Mark is the Lord's servant. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to say your name. If you want to. One, two, three. Is the Lord's servant. Isn't that good? That's who we are. Our identity. We have a new way of life. We're a child of God. That's our identity. Remember who you are in Christ. You are a child of God. God lives in you. Nothing's impossible for Him. You are more than conquerors in Christ who died for you. Think about it. There's something else about Mary here. When she said this, in verse 38, May it be to me as you have said. Huh, did you catch that? As you've said, did you remember what he said? The ten wills prior to that? Did you, did you, what, he, what you said, no matter what, it seems impossible, it seems improbable, it seems no way, uh-uh, no way, Jose. But my, my heart says yes. My faith says yes. And you know what that is? We serve the Lord in this integrity of trusting in God's Word. It's integrity. Mary demonstrated integrity. And I'm here to tell you something. This is another sermon. But integrity always equals a victory. Always. And Mary, whose life was interrupted with hope, she carried victory. She delivered victory. Oh, merciful sex. I bet we sing that song here at Sac River Cowboy Church too. Victory in Jesus. I like that one. Okay, so that's it, man. The interruption of hope. We're, we're God's, we are God sent. We serve the Lord. I do remember this. Don't think that anybody, even Billy Graham, he's one of my heroes, Dr. Aiden Rogers, another one of my heroes, Scotty Killingsworth, one of my heroes, that we are not susceptible to being at the end of our rope. Probably 11 years ago is when it was. I'd been in the, I'd been in the ministry for quite a while. The church was doing really good because I come out of a a culture like this culture, I come out of a culture with the expectation of growth. The church is going to grow. Why do I say that? Because the church wins. Why do I say that? Because Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But I was driving something really horrible. I don't want to give you the details. and Don't come and ask me because I won't tell you. But maybe you can, you have experienced something just devastating, tore your heart out in regards to your family. Thank God at that time that, well, anyway. I was driving to church. Uh, I would, I, so I was going up there for some reason. Sandy and I were really wanting to quit the ministry and because of what had happened. I didn't do anything. Just one of those deals where 
Something happens and it affects you. And so I'm driving by a graveyard. Strange thing. I look over at the graveyard. <laughs> I don't know why that makes a difference in the story, but it does. Somebody tell me later why, but the word God spoke to my heart and said, Mark, count it pure joy when you fall into various trials and troubles. Huh? No, God, that doesn't make sense. How can this be? I bet you've had an experience like that. Doesn't make sense. I'm at the end of my rope. You know what I noticed and I learned from that after I drove and I kept thinking about it? That I had been talking with God more than normal. I had been seeking God more than I normally had. I had been praying more than I had been. It was drawing, the trial and the test I was going through drew me closer to Jesus. Count it pure joy. Pure joy. And you're the interruption of hope, and you're going to bring pure joy. Pure joy to people that have no hope. A couple of scripture verses to encourage your heart, and then one more word. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Anybody's favorite verse, that one? Philippians 4.13, somebody else's, I know. But here's another one. This is out of the psalm, Psalm 27.14. This is the verse that helped me when we were going through a crisis. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I want to ask you to be that Christian or that Christmas card. That shows up in the world. Be the interruption of hope. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, again, this is so good to know that we have a Father. Oh, Jesus, thank you for caring for us. I know that Jesus cares. Jesus, I pray that uh, you become more and more to us as we leave today we have our minds set on things above we'll realize your greatness and your goodness we'll realize the gift that we've received the gift of God that's eternal life in Christ Jesus so we thank you for that hope that doesn't disappoint that even affirms our lives as we go out into the world and we want to to be that interruption in a dark world with the light. We want to be that interruption of joy in the midst of grief. So let it be so. Father, I pray a blessing upon each person here today. I ask you to bless them, walk with them, strengthen them, encourage them, and comfort them. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.